Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Well, hello, and welcome to Friendo. Today, I am taking a pause for the usual format and just sitting down with you guys one-on-one with me, your host, Amanda Muse. And, you know, here I sit on Monday, May 31st, realizing that this month, this past month, has been Mental Health Awareness Month. And... I often talk about mental health things, but for some reason, I just couldn't articulate my thoughts around this topic this month. I think that the weight and the heaviness of this last year and a bit is just, it's taking its toll. And I know that many of you who follow me online are aware of a lot of the stuff going on, but I just thought I would take a moment to just kind of like share my story a little bit, what, you know, it's been like over here for the last year and hopefully help you feel less alone if you've been struggling or if someone that you love has been going through a tricky time. Probably goes without saying that it is super awkward to talk about stuff like this because we might feel like we've done something wrong or I should be better, I should be stronger, I should know how to care for myself and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, I think that that's just garbage. We are learning so much more about mental health, these invisible illnesses and how to support people through it. But as much as we can extend this type of grace to others, it seems to be, at least in my experience, a little trickier to turn that inward, to show ourselves that same grace. So something that I've spoken about here and there, but in the last year and a bit, so what are we at, like 15 months or something, um, I have been experiencing panic attacks that I just, I can't believe it actually. So my experience and history with panic attacks and anxiety type of things showed up, I would say, I remember having my first panic attack. I was about 18 and I was on a city bus going to college, Cégep in Montreal. I went to John Abbott College and I was sitting on a city bus and I all of a sudden had this feeling of like, almost like paralysis, like I was stuck in the seat and I couldn't move and a little bit of an out-of-body experience, but I, I couldn't move and I just started to sweat, like full body sweat. I felt like I was sitting in a pool of my own sweat, like that's how gross it was. And the city bus was packed and I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, I couldn't ask for help. I wasn't sitting next to anybody that I knew, I was just going to class. Um, and when I got off the bus, 
I can't remember if I called my friend. I can't remember what my cell phone situation was back then, to be honest. <laughs> but there wasn't texting like there is now. That's uncomfortable to realize how old one is when they say that out loud. <laughs> but I remember calling my friend and I she just said, hold on, let me get you some orange juice. So she grabbed it. She went and got an orange juice for me and then like met me at the bus stop and helped me like get myself sorted a little bit. Um, And then I remember I just got back on the bus and went straight home because I didn't know what the heck had just happened. But I didn't have words to define what was going on. Now, when I think about that time in my life, it was an incredibly stressful time. I, you know, can frankly, you know, just be frank about it. Like I did not have a very good relationship at home with my mom and my stepdad. And so it was very stressful. Um, I felt so much stress about school and that I needed to do well and be perfect. I had this real thing about perfection back then. Basically, there was a lot of stress in my life and some of it was unavoidable and caused by outside stressors. And some of it was really created by myself. Like I I put a lot of pressure in my on myself. I worked a lot outside of school. Like I had a full-time, it felt like a full-time job. I think I was doing something like anywhere between 25 and 40 hours a week with work, which was not, not recommended. Okay. Um, to in order to do well in school and I was doing well in school and I had a boyfriend and I had like just a lot going on <sighs> probably a little too much going on and I experienced that panic attack and then I don't remember much honestly in terms of panic after that um I don't think I realized that that was a thing I thought oh I maybe I just didn't get enough sleep and I'm not feeling my best move along right Then I remember, um, fast forward a bunch of years, I had a period of time where I experienced like seizure type of inducing panic. Um, So is that the right term? Yes. A panic attack that ultimately ended up with me throwing up and having a seizure and like not cute, not a cute situation. And that time I had been sick and there was another time, similar type of thing. Um, I've been tested for things like epilepsy. So if you're curious and worried, I don't have that or anything. Um, But it's like this full on panic attack. And then, you know, fast forward, I had um, experienced some severe food poisoning, which also ultimately led to me having like full on panic. And then I created an association with Uh, throwing up and illness that creates panic around my stuff. So I know what the trigger is, right? And I'm working on that in therapy. So woo, go therapy. Um, But it kind of was like a little blip every now and then. I'd have like a blip. Oh, oh yeah, I recognize that was a panic attack in my teens. And then blip. Oh, I recognize that, you know, this thing was happening um, in my mid-20s. And then when I got pregnant with Esme, I, that was actually my stint with food poisoning. So it came back. I had, um, looking back at it now, I definitely had pregnancy-induced anxiety, um, like really heavy feelings, really like feeling quite low a lot of the time. I wasn't vlogging or anything like that back then on YouTube. I didn't have like I couldn't cope. I basically sat on the sofa and played Nintendo Wii many times, most of the time. 
let's be real. Um, it was hard. It was weird. But I, I equated those heavy feelings to being pregnant and being in Malaysia, you know, very far from my home country of Canada. And I just felt like, well, this is a strange, heavy time and it's all very new. And I always feel a little anxious when things are new. So there you go, right? Wrap it up in a bow, move along. Um, I have done therapy over the years and had done it as a teenager and then as a young woman. And, you know, thankfully, it sort of helped, right? Like figure out how to cope with some big life things. But again, not ever formally diagnosed with any type of anxiety or anything like that. Probably should be noted that thing that these, you know, depression and that definitely is part of my family history. So I'm I'm like super aware of any type of shifts in mood just because I kind of want to catch it before it becomes anything too serious. Well, then enters COVID <laughs> and our family, you know, kind of had a bit of a throat punch. I mean, whose family didn't, honestly, everybody's experienced change and loss and so many things. But, you know, our type of job loss was pretty catastrophic because Dean doesn't have the type of job that can be translated to online work. He is a pilot. And so we were hit with the feelings of job loss, the feelings of, uh, you know, money loss, because financially you take a hit. And just all the things that come with that um, and all of the many feelings that have kind of popped up in the last 15 months as a result of like this huge shift that the world has been experiencing, which was like, you know, I could totally understand why I was feeling certain things and, you know, having a little bit of anxiety around health issues like you know, COVID didn't really help me with that situation. So I was like, okay, we'll cope, we'll work out, we'll go for walks, we'll do these things. And then in the beginning of 2021, um, when I got a skin cancer diagnosis, it was just like the, the, what is it, the hay what is it, the straw that broke the camel's back or something like that? You know, <laughs> you know the saying that I'm butchering. It was like that. It was like, I just could not cope. I think if I had been given that diagnosis in a different time, I probably would have still had a strong reaction to it. Obviously, it's a big thing. Um, But I feel like I maybe would have coped a little bit better. But here we are, grown adults experiencing big things and not having the, you know, the resources that we need to cope. I, not being able to tap into my friend group, not being able to easily access therapy in person because yeah, therapy is awesome. Therapy on Zoom, not as awesome. I'm gonna throw it out there, okay? You're in the middle of like some big thing and all of a sudden like everybody freezes. Not as fun, not as fun. Um, it was just like so much, so much to carry. And then what was happening behind the scenes that I wasn't sharing publicly, but my dad has now given me permission to share, is that my dad had gone through a very big surgery. I'm getting the days mixed up. I'm like, did he have the surgery before or after Christmas? It was after Christmas. Yes, it was just like near his birthday. So in January, and um, we thought he was just having his um, his spit gland removed, or there was a tumor that was attached to his spit gland. Well, it turned out that what we thought was non-cancerous was actually cancerous. And so my dad just wrapped 33 sessions of radiation 
And P.S. He's doing okay right now. He's only been a couple days from finishing. And, you know, he's got a few weeks off of radiation until they test him again to see, you know, what the cancer is doing and how it's looking and stuff. But like I thought I couldn't handle it with my own skin cancer diagnosis, which was like, you know, it's cancer is still a scary word, but it's super manageable. It was the type of skin cancer, basal cell carcinoma, where they just cut it out and you move along, you know? So still scary, but like, I'm good now, you know, whereby my dad was like, scary cancer, like radiation type of cancer. So I, you know, it's a lot. That is a lot. And my story is my story. So it is, of course, my own lived experience. But these types of stories are not unique. Like these things happen to people all the time. And I think what's surprising me is like my inability to cope well with all of this. And I think that, you know, me having this uh, platform and and sharing often comes with people assuming that that confidence is just always there and that we just we always know what to do and and that's not always the case right like sometimes there is a whole storm going on behind the scenes that is just not being shared you know my dad's story with cancer is not my story to share so I was not gonna say a peep of anything until he was comfortable and once he wrapped his radiation he was like all right let's talk about it and so dad and I are going to sit down in a future time to talk about his journey because it's been a time for him for sure Um, especially going through something like this during COVID and when you love someone you know empathy is there and so not being able to support my dad in the way that I would like to was very hard Um, when he started all of this, like we, after his surgery, you know, my brother and I, we roped, like we got together and we ordered him um, meals. So we had dinners, like come to his house to help support him during that time. Um, I didn't want to expose myself to him because of COVID, you know, stuff after surgery, like he was super vulnerable. And then when he did get his cancer diagnosis, like he's going through radiation, I don't want to accidentally give him COVID while he's trying to get through radiation. So we really tried to keep our distance. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's damn heavy, man. Like even saying these words out loud, I'm like, wow, it has been a time. So the reason I'm sharing all of these stories is just like, it makes sense that all of a sudden my panic attacks are in like full swing. Now, I don't take medication for my panic attacks. But I started to realize in the last two weeks that like maybe it's time to have that conversation with my family doctor because I did ask my therapist recently, I said, you know, at what point does a person decide to take medication? Like how do we get tested for that? Because it was one thing when I would notice my mood dip because of, you know, the start of winter or those really like dark months, you know, a little seasonal depression, you up your vitamin D, you up your movement, you know, you try to rest and stuff. But it's another thing when it's like sunny springtime and you're struggling to take your dogs for a walk because the feelings are just too heavy. Like at what point? And she said this line to me, which I thought was just beautiful. And she goes, you know, when your daily life starts to be impacted 
then it's a good time to start talking about it. And so where am I right now? You know, how am I feeling? I feel the upswing. I feel like I am on the way up, you know, with how the numbers are looking in Ontario. I feel very hopeful that Dean could be back to work before the end of the year, which would be absolutely incredible. Um, you know, my dad wrapping his radiation feels really great. Um, we realized, Dean and I together, how much my feelings of um, just like how low I've been feeling is obviously very understanding, like understandable, but how much it's related to my lack of movement. So I said to Dean, I don't have, like, I can't work out. Like my motivation is so low and I know that is exactly what I need right now. Like I even joined a gym um, in like during all of this a few months back. Oh gosh, time is getting so blurry. I joined a gym. It was so hard to get into the gym when it was open, which PS, everything is closed right now. It was so hard to get into the gym. So even though I had access to it, I couldn't really ever get a time slot. And then when I was there, it was so weird because there was nobody in there. Super strange feeling. So I just didn't have the, I did not feel that get up and go. And then I took up kickboxing, which I absolutely love. But, you know, the studio is one of those COVID casualties. Like she's still holding on, but it's not open. And so I can't even tap into that. And it's definitely like a team sport feeling. So you want to be with other people as you're taking a kickboxing class. And honestly, walking into my dusty garage to work out, I was like, I can't do this. And so I had one of those moments where I just kind of lost it a little. And I'm like, Dean, that's it. We need to redo this bedroom basement and turn it into a workout space. And he was a little, you know, not thrilled about the idea because obviously Dean kind of had to do the work, but it has been done for, I don't know, a week now. It is my saving grace. Um, It sounds a little dramatic, but seriously, I've been working out now for something like five or six days straight. I feel like a whole new woman. I, 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 it's just like I get up and I, hardly even drink my coffee. I just want to get into that room and move my body and I'm excited about it. And it's a space that is exciting to me. So I guess, you know, the message I have is if you're feeling low and you feel like something ain't right, you're 1000% not alone. I mean, do a quick Google search. The number of instances of people struggling with their mental health right now is through the roof. I mean, it's to be expected. The state of the world is like totally chaotic right now. It's impossible to think that we are not going to be impacted by this. Movement for me is like everything. Um, I'm still struggling to go out and take my dogs for a walk, which is really weird for me. It's weird for me to even say those words out loud. I'm like, what? I don't know what what's happening there. Like I'm a little, I'm still a little bit distracted sometimes. Like I, I get muddled with my priorities. And I think that's just, a, you know, a mental health kind of thing. Like I'm just a little, I'm having a hard time with that. Um, I do 
feel that my physical activity is just, it's changing the game for me. And so I am choosing to be late on deadlines. I'm choosing to ignore certain life responsibilities in order to make time to work out because I'm realizing that for me, that is what I need right now. Um, Going on to medication and talking to my doctor about that, it's not off the table. I think that you know, I might need a little help right now because stuff is so heavy and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. There are times where we just need a little bit of help and asking for it is really tricky. If you see your partner or someone you love dearly struggling, you know, having this type of conversation is important. Um, I think the thing that I have to remind myself, and I heard this in a workout class the other day, was that it's so important to remember that how you're feeling right now is not how you're going to feel forever. It can feel so heavy. You can feel so lost, um, not remembering how to prioritize yourself, like all of these things, you know, which way do I pull? Do I you know, if you're a parent, you have those responsibilities. If you're a partner, if you have parents, family members you care for, like there's so many different directions that we can feel pulled and it can, you know, we can get lost a little. And I'm just reminding myself, like, this isn't forever. Reminding you, this isn't forever. And it's okay if you need a little help right now, right? So, I hope that sharing this little part of my life and just, you know, kind of exposing myself a little bit um, reminds you that we are, we're all the same, you know, like whether a person has a platform and gets X amount of likes on a photo, I mean, we're all just people with feelings and needs and wants and sadness and happiness and triggers and all sorts of things. We're just mixed bags, aren't we? A mixed bag of things. So sometimes that bag runs a little low (laughs) and, you know, we need a little help to get through some tricky times. And this is a tricky time. And so I'm often reminding myself like, Amanda, it is a weird time. And therefore, if you feel weird, that is okay. And I just wanted to share that reminder with you. So if you made it to the end of this episode, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Just, you know, I just wanted to pop into your feed, into your ears and give you like a big hug, right? Because sometimes I need a big hug and maybe you need one too. I'm not even a hugger, but I've been so deprived of human beings that I will take a hug (laughs) if you have one to offer. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here today and um, I'm grateful for you. All right, guys, I will catch you in my next episode. Take care. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. <laughs>